Hello and welcome to Cantrip Conversations. I'm Brandon Tharp, the Dungeon Master for We Cantrip, a D&D podcast, and the host here at Cantrip Conversations. Today I'm joined by a guest star who is going to be talking about some really cool role-playing, character immersion, D&D type things, Brady Hendricks. Brady Hendricks is from the Average Joe Show and City Within the Walls podcast. Uh, Brady, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, how's it going? We're good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like, like you said, I, I do the uh, Average Joe Show uh, podcast where we basically just kind of find silly, funny news stories and just kind of talk about them and, and joke about them. And then The City Within the Walls is actually an audio drama that we do that's um, uh, kind of set in a post-apocalyptic setting where basically everybody lives within one big city and there's a lot of, um, you know, murder and intrigue and political stuff and it's it's a lot of fun i i actually currently at the moment voice about four or five different characters and i've just recently actually started helping uh write it a little bit so oh, it's, awesome. uh, it's a fun journey that's cool so you do this with other people then right so it's not like is yes. it run by you or is it run by somebody else no, 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 no. The show? it is run by somebody else i actually so i'm i'm a voice actor and uh he actually found me on reddit nice by posting looking for somebody and then I joined in, and it's just we've had fun. It's it's a full cast, so we we have a bunch of people involved. That's that's really cool. I've heard of some frequent like more audio dramas um, popping up more and more on like you know different like podcast pages and stuff because podcasts are like growing immensely. Like oh, in sure. today's world, like the technological advances and stuff that we're going through, but podcasting is just a really big thing. And the more I scroll through, I see a lot of audio drama, just like storytelling. You know, there's uh, there's an a plethora of D&D podcasts. There just is. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm one of the plethora. Like, I have, we have our show that's mixed in with the hundreds and hundreds of, you know, other D&D shows. And that's more of, like, an improv drama show because it's D&D. Sure. Whereas your guys, is it's scripted, correct? Correct. See, that, I, I find that really interesting in the sense that, like, it's almost like, uh, you know, audiobooks are a big thing now, too. So it's almost like as mm-hmm. if, kind of like listening to an audiobook, but... I don't know. I think I think the concept really is really damn cool. So that's just me. Oh, yeah. uh, do you want to give us maybe a little insight on what the show is like uh, currently going through? Like kind of maybe like the premise and backstory. Like, yeah, I mean, basically, it's um, there's not really a. I guess the closest you'd say to our main character is a. Uh, his name is Theron Grady. He is uh, one of the two commissioners of the policing force. Uh, basically, they have um, the, there's a council that runs everything in the city, and the council has uh, there's two policing forces and then an enforcer who basically keeps the council's peace. And Theron is the, um, he's the chief of police of the Northern policing force. And he is also the son of one of the counselors. So um, he basically kind of, he's eventually going to become a counselor or councilman himself. And so he's mostly the focus character. Um, there is a group that's working against the council, trying to undermine them and kind of bring about, you know, their ideas. They want to bring about, uh, democracy for everybody but obviously you know they're the bad guys so it's not really what they're after but um yeah it's just it's it's got a lot of um a lot of stuff like basically the the whole thing that kicks off the story is the enforcer gets kidnapped and so at the beginning it's a mystery of where he went and what happened to him and now it's kind of gearing up we're about three or four episodes out from being done with our first season and we're just kind of leading up to some some heavy drama and actually a little bit of action no, so uh, you're getting towards, like, towards the peak of the uh, the season finale, the season arc. Right, right. That's awesome. We're actually uh, two episodes away from our season finale. Oh, so nice. that's very coincidental. We're getting uh, – moments are getting really tense, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm loving – we've already recorded them because we record our episodes in bulk. Um, might be a little different with you guys. I'm assuming it's kind of different because you guys' stuff is scripted. But with yes. we, <laughs> the, yeah, with D&D stuff, we will get together for a day. 
and we'll record for like six, seven hours. So we'll have like a month. Oh, worth sure. of, yeah, we'll have like a month worth of material to post. Um, so we're at the point now where I'm releasing an episode tomorrow. And then the mm-hmm. week after that is our season finale and shit just gets wild because in the most previous episode, not tomorrow's, but last week's, it ended with one of our main characters finding out his parents got kidnapped basically by like the BBEG. And oh, that's okay. like, yeah, I think that that's an immense moment for him because uh, throughout mm-hmm. the entire show, like his character's been going through a lot of development, like so much oh, yeah. with his family and stuff and to the point where like where he hated his family from the beginning, like he wanted nothing to do with them. He found out you know, some deep stuff about his mom and his dad. And he even mm-hmm. told me out of game, He's like, hey, next season, I'm pretty, I'm just going to separate myself from my parents. He's like, Paige had enough of my parents, like, the stuff they've done. Like, I wish my, my brother and sister good luck, but, like, my mom and dad, I want nothing to do with them because of, like, not they, not that they did anything bad to put them through, but they did some bad mm-hmm. stuff themselves for, like, a bad reputation. So I was like, all right, me as a really horrible and mean DM, <laughs> um, use that to storytelling advantage. And at the end of the very last episode, he went to his house to uh, tell his parents goodbye for this next mission. And uh, he uh, walked to the door, and I said, <clears throat> you walk to the door, and you see a note on the front door with a knife sticking through it. You pull it down, and it says, we have your parents bring the eye and the hand of Vecna to the lair tonight, or else they die. And he was just <laughs> like, he was like, oh, God, damn it, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, man, there's, there's shit you shouldn't, shouldn't tell me. Like, I'm going to take advantage yeah, right. of it. But No, see, that's that's great, though, because, like, you're you're the kind of GM I absolutely love to have because you set story, like, character-specific stories and let people kind of grow as they go instead of just, now we're just going to go through this adventure one way or the other. Absolutely. That, the biggest thing when I started our show is I told them, like, listen, mm-hmm. like, if I want to play a D&D game, I would just play a D&D game. I want to sure. do a podcast, and I feel like if you're doing a podcast, it's more than just playing a game. You're telling a story that's going to draw people in and keep them interested, you know what I mean? Sure. It's one of those things where it's, yeah, you could do really dumb shit and have fun with it, but you still want to kind of be mm-hmm. progressive towards a, an overall story and an arc that's going to no, pull sure. people in. Like uh, I actually had a podcast before this I started and it was actually under the same name and we did four episodes, but it started just going eh, kind of South um, mm-hmm. because two out of the three players, they were doing, you know, really murder hobo type stuff and not, oh, they didn't want to, they didn't, which I'm okay with in like a regular game. If you mm-hmm. want to fuck around, do stuff. That's fine. Like I'll roll with it. And I'll fun with it. But if I'm doing a podcast and taking my time to do a, a story driven, progressive game where people are mm-hmm. going to attach to the characters in the world and actually feel for the story, then I want something, you know, maybe more, not mature, but more progressive than that you know what i mean well no yeah so, you, you want characters that people are going to actually latch on to and a murder hobo who cares yeah exactly um so eventually that didn't really last too long we had like creative differences and whatnot um mm-hmm. and the other two kind of respectfully left because they you know they wanted to do more silly goofy we just want to kill things all the time rather than storytelling mm-hmm. uh the one kid that well i just not even kid he's he's my age almost um that is still with us cameron he plays tack mcduckles in our podcast uh, he's been with me since day one, since this all started, and uh, me and him, we found two of our uh, our other two players that we play with and meet up with, you know, about once a month and record with, and it's been nothing but progressive storytelling ever since. So it, it's it was kind of a blessing in disguise, kind of losing those two guys initially, which kind of sucked. Sure. Um, but finding these two guys, like, it's been a complete progressive story. And I told them from the beginning, like, listen, mm-hmm. make a character, give me a backstory, and I'm whatever it is, I'm going to incorporate into this game because I want mm-hmm. this game to be driven by the characters not driven by just the dm oh absolutely and the biggest thing with when i set the story plot and i said listen you guys have your separate lives you guys have your separate situations that are happening Mm -hmm. and the the thing that i find hardest for some dms to do uh specifically in D &D, is when you create a story and you create content or like a world 
yes, you want to have your players involved in it, but you want to give your players the freedom to do whatever they want. If they want to find out what's sure. going on in the world and say piss off, I'm not doing it, they can. And a lot of DMs be like, okay, fine, my story, I'm just going to change my story. Mm-hmm. Not my case. I said, listen, like there's stuff going on in the world. And it's still gonna it's a it's a ticking clock. Stuff is progressively yeah, happening it's whether still you happening or not. whether you're there or not. Yep, exactly. And and they have wow, done and awesome. a, they've done a phenomenal job of not only incorporating their backstories and mm-hmm. their personal character uh, vendettas into my story, as well as trying to take care of the main plot. And it's been great. I couldn't ask for like a better cast, you know what I mean? Oh, that's, so, and that's just awesome. having an improvised show, I feel like, mm-hmm. provides a lot to me. So with an improvised show, you know, I mean, you, you know, you know how D and D would work. It's you know, it's on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I have some scripted stuff that for certain scenarios, but I don't know what the players are going to do. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they can no, come yeah. in. You you can never expect the players to do anything you want them to do anyway. So, oh yeah, they could come in and, and tell me to <laughs> you know piss off and do whatever they want to do, and I'm like, all right, well, I got mm-hmm. I can't say no. <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. Um, oh, so no, what, what what are the best examples of that too? So uh, one one of the best games I've played where we had that going on. So I don't know if you've ever played any of the the uh, anything in the Fate system. No, I have not. Um, Okay, so there is a really great. Uh, are you familiar with the book series, The Dresden Files? The name is ringing a bell, but no, I okay. have not had a lot of time for books over so, the past couple of years. That, that's fair. So, The Dresden Files is a very, very like deep and awesome uh, urban fantasy setting. Um, it's basically like modern day Chicago, and there's you know wizards and vampires and all this stuff. And so there is a, a specific version of fate that is specific to the Dresden Files. So I was in this game, and uh, kind of like you were talking about, you know, we had uh, the the GM had a city going on, and there was all this stuff happening there, and then all of our characters had our own stuff going on as well. And one of our characters kind of had in his past these ties to this, like, dark carnival kind of thing that he was involved in, and they were trying to call him back to, to do a favor. And, you know, he told me, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm you know, because my, my character was kind of not really the leader, but like just kind of everybody revolved around my, cause I had a store and where we all spent all of our time. And so he reached out to me and basically told me, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this thing. It's involving my past. Don't ask any questions. And I said, okay. And like literally me and the rest of the characters are like, we got drunk and let him do his thing instead of, you know, the GM kept hinting like, Hey, maybe you should follow him and find out. And I was like, no, there's no reason in character. I would do that. Like I fully trust him. Yeah. So, so then that happened. And then he came back a little bit later with a new power and we were like, Oh, groovy. And that's it. Like we never asked him what happened. Like it was, I I really liked that. Yeah. The, the best types of games that you get are the ones where people play in character. Like, of course, it just is like, I mean, I'm okay with some meta play every once in a while Mm -hmm. when it comes to certain scenarios, but the best thing ever is when you have a group of people when the party gets split and one person's off on the, on the opposite side of the city and the other two mm-hmm. with each other, and something happens to that person that split off, meta-wise, you know what happened. Like, st- you're sitting there, you know what's going on. In-game-wise, mm-hmm. though, like, your two players don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, you have no there's, nothing, there's nothing to do about sure. it. Like, you think he's fine. Like, there's nothing to do about it. And I've played with some mm-hmm. parties where they've found, like, they want to, you know, find some fuckery and, like, work around way to figure out what's going on with him coincidentally at the same time. But mm-hmm. the best ones are where it's like, no, the guy's got to fend for himself. You think he's okay. Like that happened in one episode of our podcast where Tack, who, uh, Cameron, who plays Tack McNuckles, he mm-hmm. was in the city by himself and he ended up getting kidnapped by drug dealers while the other two were searching for, you know, just going to shops and like gearing up and stuff. He went off oh, on his shit. own. He got kidnapped by drug dealers because he stole some stuff from them. And mm-hmm. 
they didn't know. So there was an entire session where Tack was going through a bunch of shit and got the shit beat out of him, got kidnapped, all this kind of stuff. And my players, like, outside the game, they knew what's going on. They're sitting there, they know. But inside the game, they're like, we don't know. Like, we, yeah, he's like, fine. We're, we're, hey, let's go look at another store. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you have no reason to know anything's wrong. The in-character roleplay stuff is oh. definitely what makes, like, not even just so much, like, D&D, <sighs> but any kind of tabletop game in general. Like, just, like, oh, it, for it, sure. it's really what separates from, like, yeah, you could play World of Warcraft, you could play video games, you can play whatever you want, mm-hmm. card games, you know, whatever it whatever it be, like deck build deck building games even. But D and D, like when it's played like not even the right way, but the way that I think it's meant to be played, mm-hmm. it, it separates it from just like anything else. Or like, you know, not just D and D, but tabletop games in general, like RPGs. It just separates them from mm-hmm. anything else you're ever gonna play. My question oh, no, for absolutely. you, I have a question mm-hmm. for you is so I talked about the improvisation aspect of, you know, playing like an improv podcast or or uh you know, an improv game. So with the mm-hmm. line of podcasting and improving and you guys being scripted, what do you think the pros and cons are having a scripted show are? Well, obviously, I mean, having a scripted show, you know what's happening. Like you can prepare for it. You can prepare, you know, um, like as a voice actor, I can read the lines and go, okay, this needs to sound this way. I need to convey this. Whereas on the fly, you've all got to do that at the, you know, drop of a hat. Yeah. And you don't really get to prepare beforehand. Uh, I mean, they're they're both fun in their own way. Um, I mean, improv, personally, I find improv more fun because you have no idea what's going to happen and you just kind of roll with it. Uh, but yeah, scripted, I, I find that scripted, sometimes you can get some better, like, overall story because it's planned from the beginning. That, that That's completely fair. That was the one thing, you know, I was maybe thinking too is, mm-hmm. well, improv is fun and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade the D&D improv stuff for, like, anything because – you don't know what's going to happen. You have to think on the no, fly, absolutely. and that's part of the fun. You got to think, like, especially as a DM, dude. Like, DMing, mm-hmm. I love it. It's fun, but it gets fucking hard sometimes because I'm just oh, like, sure. they'll do stuff where I'm just like, fuck, I was not expecting that. I got to make something up right now. I don't have time mm-hmm. to go through the book and make a new adventure. Like, I got to do this right now. And it's just yeah. like, it, it's it's fun as hell because it really makes you a better just improver, uh, you know, improv storyteller, like everything. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it can be a pain in the ass. And but like you said though, like having a pre-scripted story, um, you know, especially for like an audio drama podcast, that's got to be great mm-hmm. because you know it's going to be good. Like you know it's going to happen, and and on top of knowing what's going to happen is like you know how to voice your character. Like you can read and prepare and like know exactly mm-hmm. how you make the situation. You have how you have to make situations go. Like sure. that's that's something that I think is a very cool aspect of you know pre-written audio fiction dramas is because you're mm-hmm. able to tell a very immense and deep story without the stress of. Well, this might change in like 30 seconds. I don't know what's going to happen. No, absolutely. But you do have, you know, so also having like a director, right? So like all of our stuff goes through a director. So he can, when he pieces it together, if he's like, oh, I need a different take for this, we can do that. But the downside is we actually ran into recently, we almost had to change one of our stories because uh, one of our people went incommunicado for a bit and we couldn't get a hold of him. And we were like, well, shit, we need to do an episode and he's pivotal to the story. So we're like, do we have to replace him? What are we going to do? And then fortunately, you know, we got a hold of him and everything was fine. But like, that's, that's the risk you play with doing scripted though, is, I mean, you know, obviously people are living their lives, yeah. you know, so, you know, the, that is, that is the one downside. <laughs> yeah. I feel that too. Honestly, that's kind of the same with doing not a D and D game, if somebody's missing from a D&D game, like a regular just home game, mm-hmm. and if they miss, whatever, they're fine. They can set up for the session. If I'm doing a podcast, that was the hardest part about starting it initially was, like, I needed the same characters. Like, we all oh, need course. to be together and record. Because if somebody can't do it, then we're fucked. Because 
Well, yeah, because no, if, if somebody misses a session, they're out for, like you said, like seven episodes. Yeah, and that, that ruins the just the dynamic of the show. And I can't say, hey, mm-hmm. sorry, so-and-so couldn't make the uh, the session today, so the next five episodes are going to be without him. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. it, it, that breaks the story. And it, that, that'll instantly just deter people away. Like, that'll just do it. No, absolutely. Like, so that's, you know, I kind of feel you on that one, where thankfully my current group, we have been doing this for almost a year now, and we haven't mm-hmm. really run into too many situations where – it's been a uh, very bad scheduling conflict. The one guy I work with, uh, so we have the same exact schedule. Uh, that's Greg. Uh, Cameron only works till two in the in the afternoon, so he's good to go. Uh, Ian, who okay. plays Paid Asher, is a little more finicky, not finicky um, himself, but his schedule is mm-hmm. a little finicky uh, because he's still in college. He's got like a year left of college, and he works oh, too. Yeah. So in the summer, though, we knocked out a lot of stuff because he was like free, like a lot. Um, but oh, yeah, even now, sure. even now, though, while he's in school, like he's able to make like a day out of every two weeks where we get together and do stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for them and like the work they put in, like the cast and everything. And luckily, we haven't run into a scenario where we're just fucked for like a month and can't get together. Because if that were to happen, like we'd be in trouble. Um, oh no, for sure. But no, yeah, I feel you on that one. You know, most definitely. Um, so I did have a, another question for you, actually. Sure. Uh, when it comes to role playing and character immersion. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a big part of, part of D and D, but even maybe even a bigger part of an audio drama. Because if it's D and D, I can BS a character voice, like you know, mm-hmm. whatever. As a DM, I have to role play hundreds of people. <laughs> like I don't know who I'm gonna have sure. to role play as. Like they could walk into wherever and find somebody, and I'm like, ah, oh, you find a human dwarf named Selena, and I gotta come up with a quick, quirk, like quirky voice for her, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas with an audio drama, you you know your characters, you know what they sound like, you're able to immerse yourself in that character so what are like the uh what's what i'm looking for preparations you take or maybe the thought process that goes behind your mind when you immerse yourself into a character like how do you go about building your character and like how they how they act their mannerisms and like just their voice and stuff like how how would you go about that well a lot of the biggest thing is trying to learn as much about the character as i can you know so obviously in in this instance so like like one of the characters that i had i really lucked out so the our, our director his name is josh um is really really big on doing collaborative work okay and so when we first started you know uh, the the character first character that i voiced his name is ross agent and he's an engineer and basically all i knew when he first you know got me going he's like yeah he's the smartest engineer in the city and here's your first script and i'm like okay and so i had to think about i'm like okay so think about this setting think about somebody who would be you know so it's it's you know this kind of post-apocalyptic but they have very advanced technology i'm like okay so he's somebody who's an engineer so he's probably gonna be kind of arrogant. He's probably gonna be kind of a dick, um, you know. Especially if he's if he is considered the smartest engineer in the city, he's definitely gonna have some arrogance to him. He's gonna have you know, um, you know, kind of a prickly personality. And then basically, like in our story, he kind of gets forced into helping the commissioner try to find the enforcer. And so he he kind of comes in and commissions him to to try to track this guy down. And throughout the episodes, he kind of keeps basically getting threatened to, you know, to keep helping or else, you know, he's going to end up in jail or, you know, the enforcer kind of basically keeps saying, you're going to help us or else. And so just kind of like as it goes, I just kind of keep thinking about like, well, what would that do to somebody with that kind of an ego? And so like every time we have an interaction, he gets a little more like distant, but also like more prickly. So like. Basically, to start it off, you know, so so for that character in particular, I was, you know, uh, starting off trying to find a voice. I was thinking of something, you know, kind of 
ethereal, right? Because you have the sci-fi setting. Right. He's supposed to be really smart. He's supposed to be really arrogant. So would you so say, kind of, real quick, would you say that your yeah. your director gives you, like, a creative freedom when it comes to, like, voicing and, like, finding, like, just the feeling and overall feel of the character? Yeah, for the, for awesome. the most part. So I, awesome. I, I basically, the, the voice I did for the, the audition, he was like, that's it. You've got this character. He's like, you, you have an idea. And then once we recorded the first like two episodes, he was like, I think you know this character better than I do at this point. And I was like, well, I've just been putting a lot of thought into it. Yeah, you eventually um, just become the character. Pretty much, yeah. And so kind of, uh, you know, I was trying to think of, you know, one of the biggest things, a lot of the stuff that I do when I do voice acting, I just do my regular voice. Um, it's obviously the easiest because it's, you know, the voice I know the best. Yeah, you can but naturally this one use your like, tenacity and you can use your natural tones. and Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So I wanted something close to my voice, but still wanted him to sound like he's from, you know, this other place. And so uh, when I got the interview, I basically kind of did, he's a little more of an ethereal kind of voice. And, you know, he's still arrogant, but, you know, he really makes sure to enunciate because he wants you to know he's intelligent. And so that's how the character started. And then, of course, over time, he's gotten much more exasperated. So now, basically, with me, when the commissioner shows in, I usually start off with him saying, hello, commissioner. Nice. So you're and showing so it's just character, kind of over character time, progression, yeah. Yeah, pretty much just over time, he's just gotten more and more like, I don't want to be doing this, but I don't want to go to jail. And so... That's that's kind of how that came about. And just like, you know, in the background, you know, talking to the the director, I came up with some stuff where I was like, hey, how about this? How about this? And pretty much everything he's been like, dude, that sounds great. And so he's I've kind of helped mold the character. That's awesome. Yep. Character. eh, Sorry. Character progression Mm -hmm. is probably one of the coolest things about a tabletop games and just honestly Mm -hmm. storytelling in general. Like I love being able to listen to whether it's, you know, an audio book or a movie or anything. And just watching these characters go through progressions, like series of movies and like books and stuff is one of the Mm -hmm. most satisfying things you can just find. And I feel that's one thing that really makes a lot of D and D podcasts successful is having character progression, you know, throughout an entire campaign rather than having oh, a character absolutely. that's set and they do what they do and they they have no, you know, their goals or whatever, but they, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. no change in dynamic and character, which, you know, if you want to have a character like that, that's fine. Like, you know, some people are just like that. You know, they have no progression, mm-hmm. they don't change. They they're always at a baseline like mid-level. The one thing I did tell my players and I gave them the freedom mm-hmm. to do this and I'm like, "Listen, like engulf your character into this world. Like become your oh, character." Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I even tell them, like, like, it's almost like you're being an actor right now. Like, you're playing a game, but you're also telling a story, and you're developing your mm-hmm. character. Like, this is you. So, like, go all out. Like, don't be afraid to do creative things and, like, speak in creative tones and do mm-hmm. whatever you want to show the progression of your character. Because the thing with, a, you know, a podcast, unfortunately, compared to, like, videos and TV and movies is you have to use a lot of theater of the mind. Yeah. That's the biggest thing with it. It's very descriptive, very articulate. Um, very, you know, you know, colorful in the mind and, you know, uh, very, very, I can't think of the word. It's very descriptive. That's the fucking word. Whatever. I, I sure, can't think yeah. of the right word right now, yeah, but you, you, you gotta to think about everything. You have to use your voice to convey yes, everything. Exactly. So it's gotta be a little, yeah, yeah. So as a DM, I'm very descriptive in like the certain situations and things that happen through the world. Um, mm-hmm. and as players though, like the voices for my players, uh, Ian who plays paid Asher is always, he mm-hmm. uses his regular voice and Cameron who plays Tack uses his you know, normal speaking mm-hmm. voice. So when people listen to the show, they're like, "All right, they mm-hmm. know who they, they are instantly." Greg, right. he uh, he uses a uh, he uses a voice himself, talks uh, with like a like a lisp and like you know like a quirk to his accent, and people sure. know that as his character. But as time has mm-hmm. progressed, like their normal quirks have like 
changed. You know what I mean? They go from these happy-go-lucky people to going through all this shit. And oh, absolutely. Tack, who's Cameron, who was like, I want to save everybody, is, dude, I don't even care. I just want to get this fucking over with. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. crazy to see how much my players have, you know, immersed themselves in their characters and really progress them over time. And it's almost as if, like, we're just listening to a story. The only difference between mm-hmm. me telling a story and doing an ED podcast is just our story is determined by dice rolls. <laughs> like, right, yeah, that's yeah. basically what it breaks down to, like, dice rolls and character decisions. And you know, seeing voice acting and characters really change their characters over time, even through mm-hmm. just an audio uh, format is just awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, I mean, and honestly, like, like playing in character too, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing a voice. There's nothing wrong with not doing a voice. You know, it's, it's whatever helps you. One of my oh, biggest yeah. things is I love to do accents. I, I just, I, I've always practiced doing accents like growing up. And so we actually came up once. So uh, uh, the first pen and paper game I played was Hackmaster. Uh, before I ever played D and D, and Hackmaster is a lot more hardcore about just about everything, uh, including like language proficiency. So you actually, when you are creating a character and you learn another language, you actually have a percentage of how well you speak that language. Oh, and okay. so one of the things we started to do, denoting because you know the the people I played with at the, at the time, we were hardcore role players. Like that was our favorite part of the game, and so we started to denote that somebody you know, was speaking a different language was by doing an accent. And basically how well you do the accent is how well they, they're, you know, supposedly doing the language. So for instance, like, you know, if we were doing Elvish, we were speaking in a British accent, you know, because, you know, Elvish is of course very, you know, um, very, very upper crust high class and, and articulate and class. High class. Yes. Well, our thief only spoke in, uh, Elvish at like a 30%. So he did more of a Cockney accent because he doesn't have quite the grasp. Oh, that's and awesome. And so we just we did little things like that to kind of just help us immerse into it as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Um my players and I, I I'm not I'm not a professional mm-hmm. voice actor by any means. I will say I am proud of my voices from where they came from the start of the show to sure. now because it's almost kind of like I had to. Um at first it was oh, just, yeah, you know, for fun, for goofs, and... like you know, it was for fun, it was for goofs, mm-hmm. you know. You know, the pot it wasn't it was costing us like a, maybe a whopping fifteen dollars a month to run the podcast. Like it's cheap anymore mm-hmm. to like do the kind of stuff. So I was like, whatever, we're, we're paying this much a month to have fun, blah, 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 blah. But then like one morning we woke up, like maybe 10, 15 episodes in, and uh, we had fan art, like on in our inboxes, we can tag on Instagram and stuff. And oh, I was shit. like, Oh shit, people actually listen to our show. And I looked at our <laughs> downloads, and I'm like, oh shit, we've got a couple thousand downloads. What the hell is happening right now? So that's what I was right. like, I gotta set my voices. Like I really gotta like because <laughs> I, I gotta like start, you know, improving stuff. So like now, mm-hmm. like um, I'm no by still by no means professional, but whenever they come across like a different race or like a different like species or something, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna do whatever I can to like at least make it stand out. Like they fought bullywugs one time, and I kind of made them sound like the Gungans from Star Wars, and they they would talk oh, like this all the time, and, like that kind of stuff. Oh, um, that's awesome. Uh, they encountered. Uh, they went to like a saloon type uh, setting one time, so everyone was talking. They were all talking in a country accent, you know, as they come up to the bar, throwing gold at each other, trying to get beers and that kind of stuff. Uh, sure, different sorts of things. So it's like, like I said, not a professional, but. I, I try to make things at least a little different, but mm-hmm. I, there are the voices I specifically do work on are at least the main NPCs. There's three or four main NPCs that come through, you know, into the game that are helping them guide through mm-hmm. the journeys. 
and they have very specific kind of voices, so they know who they are. And one of them is Darius, and he's like a scared, not scared, just a young 16-year-old kid who's like, shouldn't be out adventuring right now because he is just right. too young to be seeing some of this shit. And him, he talks uh, like this. He's just, you know, very scared of a lot of stuff that's going on in the world right now and uh, doesn't know what to do. Um, so he talks like a you know, scared oh, young good. boy. Um, and the other two, he has two mentors that uh, they talk, you know, more of a deeper tone. Darius, we can't be doing this right now. We need to uh, lead them through. And, you know, so they have their specific mm-hmm. voices. Then I have what I call the Skyrim voice. <laughs> and that oh, is yes. that is my commoner voice where they, they're mm-hmm. talking to people in town. They, they go up and they say, hey, I tap this guy on the shoulder and ask him a question. I just use my regular voice because I'm just like, I'm not. <laughs> I, there's right. no way I can, I can voice, you know, 30 million people. But. Uh, yeah, my voices have uh, definitely improved from the start of the show to oh, now, yeah, mainly because A, I've been doing it longer, and B, I, I had to practice because I started realizing, oh, people actually like our show. People are joining mm-hmm. our Discord and sending us messages. <laughs> I should probably up my game a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I, I've I've definitely made myself more keen to the voice acting aspect over the mm-hmm. past, you know, uh, eight nine months, and it's it's a hell of a time. It's a lot of fun. I thoroughly oh, for sure. enjoy and, it. And it definitely helps you get into character too. If your character has a unique way of speaking or has a unique voice, it kind of helps you get into that headspace. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Like, like, like uh, there was one game when we were testing out fifth edition, uh, I was playing a monk and we were basically playing a game of like, everybody is from different realities and they were all kind of drawn in. Right. So I decided to play an Australian monk for no reason other than nobody has ever done that before. Other because seen. you fucking can. That's why. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I spent that entire fucking game talking like this and we had the most fun ever. Like, we, we would all be sitting, somebody would be talking, and then I would start to cut in, and everybody would laugh before I even said anything. Because they, they just knew they it was just, coming. They knew it was going to be something ridiculous. That's great. Because, like, like, we went to the bar, and I was telling them about, you know, uh, one time I killed 50 drop bears with my own hands. And, you know, they had never heard of drop bears. So I'm, you know, like, it just we just, you know, kept going and kept going. <laughs> and our poor GM really was not prepared for me because uh like he introduced an uh an orc woman and i decided that as an australian monk well that's clearly what he wants and so then he persistently began trying to pursue her and i could tell by the end he was like can we move on please (laughs) so you became the dm's nightmare for that session not on purpose (laughs) oh but yeah no not on purpose Uh, i've been in that situation though and while Probably for, he probably from his shoes, I will tell you, he's probably frustrated, mm-hmm. but he probably loved it at the same time. Because there's there's a oh, borderline. Yeah. There is a borderline between there's a thin line between you're wasting my goddamn time and mm-hmm. all right, this is funny and let's keep doing it. There's a good line there. And it sounds like to me you were like right on the line of like it's a lot of fun. So I don't I, I can't imagine people getting too mad about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but... <laughs> I kind of played it like everybody was still laughing, and I was like, "All right, that's good." I was like, "When people stop laughing, I'll back away." Yeah, yeah, that that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, dude, and the thing with voice acting and like role playing and just character immersion is, especially if you're playing with a group of new people, like if you're new to mm-hmm. the game and like you're you're not a big role player, um, if you you are at a game with somebody that's role playing like in character and using a voice all the time when they go into combat and they go in to talk to people, mm-hmm. like it makes people more comfortable with playing the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. It makes them want to do it themselves. Because, like, I've played plenty of games where, like, because I'll go all out. Like, if I'm not a DM and mm-hmm. I can make a character, you bet your ass I'm going all out. And I'm making, oh, like, for sure. uh, I'm doing a voice. I'm doing everything because I DM a lot. So I very mm-hmm. rarely get to play as a player. And when I do, like, I'm going I'm going all in. 
And there's been a lot of situations where I've played with new groups of people who are mm-hmm. relatively new to the game. They're learning how to play. You know, they go around, they, they do a lot of meta play. They don't do a lot of role playing. They just kind of talk to each other outside of game and like figure out, oh, what should mm-hmm. we do? Let's do this. I think we should do this, blah, 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 blah. Whereas like I come in and I'm like, well, I think y'all should go and do this because it is not the right thing to do. And they look at me like, why are you talking like that? I'm like, fucking role playing. Like I'm yeah. not, I am here to play a, a role playing game. <laughs> like, yeah, let's fucking sure. go, man. Um, <laughs> it's like I played a game, uh, actually an online game, uh, about two mm-hmm. or three weeks ago. A buddy of mine was DMing, um, and I actually just did a D and D story video about this on our YouTube channel. Um, we were playing a game, and he was DMing for his little sister's boyfriend's, or no, his wife's little sister's boyfriend's friends. Some it, it, okay. weird situation. Um, but he's like, listen, these kids are new, like they're doing a lot of meta stuff. They're doing a lot of dumb stuff. They're getting themselves killed consistently because they're just not being smart. Can you come in for a night, <clears throat> run a one shot with me, play as a player and just kind of like show them not everything needs to be determined by combat or like just murdering everybody or like how to properly sure. role play in the game <clears throat> for success, not just for fun, but having success with it. Because yeah. often DMs are going to reward you for doing role play stuff instead of saying, all right, I'm going to persuade them. Like oh, I yeah. will... Before I do like, any kind of persuasion, I'm going to walk up and then I'm going to talk in character like, oh, well, you see, I really appreciate if you were to do this for me because me and my buddies here, you know, kind of go on a tangent. And then at the end oh, of that, yeah. I say, I'm going to roll persuasion. And then often, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, maybe maybe not all the time, but, you know, if it's good enough, you know, mm-hmm. the DM may say, all right, roll your persuasion check with advantage because you role played that out. That's a mm-hmm. good argument. That's a good point. So therefore, he's going to be very, you know, very convinced of what you're saying or add like to your role because of what you're doing. Whereas, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily like that. So I came into this game with mm-hmm. these kids and, you know, we were talking online. They were happy for me to be there because they just like playing with people. So I was like talking to them in my normal voice. And then mm-hmm. eventually I played as uh, a dwarven bard who, mm-hmm. um, in character, he didn't know these people. He ended up getting caught up in some bad shit with them and he did not want to die. Like that was a big thing. He just wanted to get the fuck away from them. But he was still playing mm-hmm. a character. So as soon as the first in-game scenario happened where we were having, you know, a conversation... I walked forward and I was like, well, guys, I don't know if we should be going about this because I just want to get the fuck home. And they looked at me and they were just like, what happened to your voice? And I'm like, what do you mean what happened in my voice? And they were like, why are you talking like that? I'm like, this is how I talk, guys. And like, I was just doing some really dumb, lame voice, whatever, sure. just something stupid I did to throw, you know, just to th- throw some flair out there. And mm-hmm. then my buddy Christian, who was DMing, he looked at me like he's role playing. They're like, oh, we didn't know that was like, you know, part of the thing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> RPG. It's um, in the name, guys. But you know, we played for maybe like five hours a night, and then by the end of the night, mm-hmm. though, started them summing. Started them. Ah, Jesus Christ! Some of them started, you know, doing more in-game role play type stuff. And I went sure. back and I played over the weekend with them on Friday. Actually, same kids came back as my same character, and they were all role playing using like voices oh, and that's going awesome. all out and like having fun with it and like doing stuff in game and i'm like oh my god i feel like i did something right because these kids (laughs) went from doing none of that to making smart decisions role playing using voices you know Mm -hmm. talking like in character and i'm like this uh, there's a tear that shed from my eye and like it's from a dm standpoint i'm like i'm so proud (laughs) of these kids i was so proud (laughs) oh that's yeah character immersion is definitely it's great like it just it's like i said earlier it separates this game from just the, the rest of the game's out there. Like, it just does. Oh, for sure. It's you're, you're throwing yourself into the story, and you're like, no, I want this! And then, you yeah, you get to to help tell the story your own way. Yeah, you, you and you, the thing is, you build somebody, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, the best thing I tell other people, like, that are coming to play the game, and I was like, don't be afraid 
well, maybe not be afraid, but uh, try to build a character you are going to be attached to in a sense of you kind of feel for him. You want to feel his goals. You don't want to build a character and say, well, his goals are this, and this is why he's adventuring, and just not give a fuck about him. You want to be able to feel for that character and Mm -hmm. try to accomplish those goals. And if you don't accomplish them in character, like physically you're going to be upset because of what you want. Um, whereas some characters are like, yeah, he just wants to kill people or something like that. You know, it's like, eh, you, yeah. you, you may maybe have a little better, uh, inspiration or, you know, character driven motivation than that. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing I tell people is don't be afraid to be attached in a sense that you're going to, you're going to physically feel as a person happy or sad if they fail or don't fail. Because when oh, yeah, you, no, you had- mm-hmm. when you physically are happy as a out of game, as a person that your character in game has accomplished their goals you're on the right track. Like you just are like you're, you're building a character backstory motivation that you're going to like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you, you want to, you want to be attached to your character to the point where like, if you're in that scenario where you're in combat and you're down to, you know, one HP or even at negative, negative HP bleeding out, you know, you want to be like, no, somebody help me. Like, I don't want this guy to die. Yep. Because it's, you know, you're, it's, it's you. (laughs) And the counter side of that is, which is unfortunate, but it does happen, is I'm not the type of DM that's going to intentionally kill somebody. Sure. That's just not my style. But it does happen. It, it happens. I mean, in the game, death mm-hmm. happens. People are going to die. People are going to fuck up. Like, bad things are just going to happen. Naturally part of the game. It's just it's just how it is. I'm not going to drop three Elder Dragons on a level one party. That's just not no, how the game is. Not. Like, like there, there's no rule in the game that says I can't do that, but I'm not going to do that because I'm a good DM. And I want my characters to explore the world, have fun, grow their characters, tell a story. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody gets to the point where they're on the brink of death and they do die, I know that I have done a good job as a DM and they have got done a good job as a player where if that character does die, they are physically mm-hmm. upset about it. Not mad because anybody can get mad and tear up the paper and be like, God damn it, oh, I sure. want to die. But if they are physically upset that their character has died in the game, I feel yep. like there's been a good job done, not just from the DM standpoint, but especially the player standpoint for going attached to their player. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like you want to be attached, but you know, like you said, you don't want to be too attached where if death does happen, you literally like fall apart. Um, and boy, I, I had the great advantage on that. So that the first game I played Hackmaster, Hackmaster is a very unforgiving game. Um, you know, D&D is much more collaborative. Now, granted, in Hackmaster, it's still collaborative. You're still telling a collaborative story. But there's kind of a underlying mentality of us versus them with the players and the, the DM. Um, you know, the, the DM's not going to just drop, you know, like you said, not just going to drop three Elder Dragons on you because that's bad form. But, you know, he may kind of push, you know, you to encounter something a little higher or so that, you know, just kind of like try to push the challenge a little bit. Yep. And so I learned early on how to deal with losing a character I've grown attached to. My shortest span ever in Hackmaster, I had a character that lasted two combats. And that's it. I think I have you beat on that one. I okay. played, we were playing, have you played Curse of Strahd for 5e? Yes. Okay. I, I'm we're... actually going to be running some people through it for the first time. Awesome. Soon. Okay. We were playing Curse of Strahd, and mm-hmm. uh, I was playing a halfling um, rogue at the time, and I played him, you know, from like level one to six, you know, so a long time. Mm-hmm. And he eventually died in combat, and I was very upset about this because, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I was the first one to die. 
Um, I was pretty upset about it. I mean, like, I wasn't mad at the DM. Like, it wasn't his fault. It's just, mm-hmm. that's just how the game goes. Like, you're playing sure. a horror drama game, especially Curse of Strahd. Like, you're playing vampires. <laughs> like, so it's oh, yeah. dangerous territory. And I was like, all right, this sucks. But, I mean, you know, I had a good run. You know, I'm upset about it. I was, I was doing my job mm-hmm. playing the game. So I made a new character. I made a dragonborn barbarian. They introduced him. Um, I forget what point in the game it was, but we ended up fighting. Uh, I think it was like a living tree or a tree ant or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. coming out of like some, I have, it was like three years ago. It was a while ago, but, uh, introduced my character. I was on top of a mountain, like, you know, sticking my sword, like a beast. He pulled it out and I gave like a really cool, like monologue. I was on top of the mountain. Like I mm-hmm. am so-and-so the dragonborn of this. And I'm stuck here because Strahd did this and I must kill him to get out of here. And they were like, fucking dope. Cool. Let's go. So we went on adventuring and like five minutes later, we got into combat. Mm-hmm. I got hit twice by this treant crit both times and got flung Oof. off the cliff yep and died because i got knocked out fully from the two hits and then i got hit yep. off the cliff which wasn't super high but high enough <laughs> to the point where it did damage me when I hit the ground so i suffered two death saving yep. throws when you take damage when you're knocked out you take two death saving throws my turn rolled around again and i rolled and i got a three and i died and i was like Ooh. welp that was short-lived i was there for five minutes and i was like i gotta make a new character <laughs> like god yep. damn it so yeah, that kind of shit happens. But you mentioned oh, yeah, this earlier no. a little bit about the misconception of like DMs versus players. I think that's mm-hmm. a big misconception of the game. A lot of people think that maybe not a lot, but quite a few, especially new players. I'll put it that way. Newer mm-hmm. players feel that the game is the players versus the DM. Like the players got to right. beat the DM. The DM's trying to beat the players. I'm like, nah, fam. Like if I no. wanted to beat you guys, I could. I'm like, I got a book full of 400 monsters. I'll throw something at you. The whole point of oh, D&D sure. is to tell the story. Like yeah, the absolutely. DM is there to provide situations, challenges, monsters, fights, and so forth to challenge the players to their abilities to mm-hmm. pass them, not to just kill them. They're going to be hard. Right. Like, they're meant to be challenging. Like, you know, sure. the DM can make the stories as easy as they want, but what's the fun of that? Like you have to, the hardest part I find about being a DM besides mm-hmm. you know i'm actually making a video about this here soon that i've actually recorded the audio for um little hit on that is i did the top five hardest things about dming one mm-hmm. of them is uh balance it's finding a good balance in encounters and traps and puzzles that mm-hmm. uh coordinates with player level because sometimes it's hard because the challenge rating in fifth edition isn't exactly the easiest thing to follow the one fourth sure. one half one two five it's, it's not the easiest because you got to calculate all right how many people do i have how many uh, how, what mm-hmm. level are they? Okay, what can they take? And I just throw the mm-hmm. challenge rating thing at the window. I use it sometimes, but it, it's a hard guy to go by. But regardless whether you use a challenge rating system or not, it's still kind of hard to balance encounters the right way where it's challenging enough where it's not going to insta-kill your players, but it's challenging enough to mm-hmm. where when they pass it, you want to see that sigh of relief and that excitement on their face because this was a hard fucking encounter and they got through oh, it alive sure. and nobody died. Whereas if they get through it, in two rounds of combat without taking damage, you're like, yeah, whatever, we did it again. So yeah. that's the hardest part because it's easy to make an encounter that's easy to pass. It just is. Sure. And it's easy to make an encounter that's, you know, going to be very hard to pass and it's just going to kill your players. But the hardest mm-hmm. thing is making that encounter where your players are going to barely make it out alive, but they're going to feel super satisfied when they do because they did it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I've had a couple situations where, uh, you know, when I was learning how to DM, I did, I, I fucked up a couple of times. I made situations too hard. Mm-hmm. I just have, you know, and, and, and bad things happen. It's a learning experience. Um, but the, I think the good thing about being a DM and it being an improv based show and, and game is mm-hmm. that if I start to realize shit is getting a little too rough and a little too hectic, 
I can always change some shit on the fly if I need to. Oh yeah. Which is one of the good things about D and D. Granted, in like a uh, an mm-hmm. audio drama like you guys do, you don't got to worry about that kind of shit because it's predetermined. Like it's a it's a story, you're storytelling and stuff. Sure. But when it comes to gaming, it's like shit. Like I should not have thrown this extra monster at them. I gotta lower its HP or its AC or something. Like right now or for right, right. Yeah, no, I've I've had encounters where we were we were struggling and two of the monsters just left. Like the team was like, ah, they just they, just uh, they walk away. They they're bored. <laughs> they walk away. You don't know where they went. Yep, and we're I've like, done. Thank God. Yep, I I've done stuff like that before in um certain situations <laughs> where uh, you know, and not in so much the podcast, but like in you know home mm. games and stuff. Where I've been like, uh, uh oh, <laughs> um, yeah, he falls and gets knocked out. Like what? Shut up! It just happened. Like just let it go, <laughs> or you're gonna fucking die. Like just, just just don't. I didn't mean to make this as hard on you guys. That was mm-hmm. like we actually played last night. And I DM last night for um. Some people online. Actually, it was the same group of people I was talking to you about, the kids and stuff. Um, oh, okay. One of them couldn't make it. And I've been running them through. Mm-hmm. Like, a, we, the DM, Christian and I, we kind of trade off weekends as DMing. So one weekend he'll do it. Next weekend mm-hmm. I'll do it, you know, for different groups of people. I was DMing for him and the kids. Um, and one of the kids couldn't make it. But I already had everything set up. And I was like, well, I'll see how they do. Because the kids are still relatively new. So this, the uh, the combat encounters weren't that hard. Because they're still learning mm-hmm. how to play overall. But because they were down somebody, like, they were still struggling. And I was like, all right, I got to do some shit on the fly right now. So, like, somebody, like, just, they got bored or, like, somebody else, mm-hmm. like, they uh, they got, they suffered, like, a hand. Like, I think somebody pulled their fucking hamstring. <laughs> like, just something stupid I was oh, thinking yeah. of. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, like, you hit him so hard that he severs his spine. He's still alive, but he can't move. <laughs> and they were like, that's fucking cool. That's right. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yep, that happened. <laughs> oh God. Um oh, God. It, it, it's it's funny sometimes when that kind of stuff happens. You know, people mess oh, up yeah. and it's just that's just part of the game. Um mm-hmm. what was the other question I had? <laughs> no, I, I just real quick, sorry, that just reminded me of a Oh, story. go ahead. No, go I, ahead. I've been the cause of that kind of shenanigans before. <laughs> so we were we were playing Hackmaster and um I was playing a character so in Hackmaster there is a race that is called Gnomelings which are when a gnome and a halfling have a child. Oh, and okay. Gnomelings make incredible thieves because people just ignore them. Oh, they're so general. tiny and yeah. I they're feel, they're yeah. so tiny and they just kind of blend in. And so like, even if you're having a conversation with one, there is a chance if your perception's low enough that you just like lose track of them. And so I was playing a thief who used this to his advantage. And in Hackmaster, one of the things that really helps with role-playing in Hackmaster um, you actually roll quirks and flaws for your character. And oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it, it kind of like helps you like, okay, get into an idea of like, this is how this character goes. Yeah. Well, that that gnomling thief had a short attention span. And so I played him like, you know, basically like a hyperactive child most of the time. He had squirrel um, syndrome. That's what we call in the counseling world, a squirrel syndrome. Make conversation, exactly. squirrel, like. Yeah, exactly. So we're running in a, a one shot. Uh, our GM made he he basically uh, themed a, an an entire thing to the Hotel California, where okay. we got stuck inside of it, and he started playing the music on a like on speakers, and he's like, "That song doesn't turn off till y'all get out." And so we're we're going through, and like you know, I basically wander off and start exploring because that's what I do. You know, and I start breaking into places, you know, finding stuff, you know, adding to my own treasure because that's how that works. That's what you do. Yeah. 
And then I found a monster in a room that was like kind of a big, like, I think it was like a dire rat. And I was like, well, I can't take that alone. So I went downstairs and like tug on the uh, battle mages robes. And I'm like, hey, I found an interesting thing. And he's like, what? And I'm like, come on. And so I lead them up to it. We get in combat. We're fighting. I, you know, hit it a couple of times. And then I turn to the GM. My next turn comes up and he's like, what do you do? And I turn to the GM and I'm like, bored now. So I rolled to basically leave combat and just wandered <laughs> off. And like, while they're still doing combat, he let me like go off and try to explore. And I go into another room and like, they're starting to struggle to fight this creature because, you know, like I'm the main DPS as this thief, as this rogue. And so they're, they're kind of fighting. And I found this statue that moves and it like stabbed my hand. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So I go back down to where they are struggling to fight this creature grab the battle mage's robes and i'm like hey i found something interesting and he's like we're still fighting the last interesting thing you found and i was like still so oh, i, then ro- I didn't notice that yeah so i re-roll initiative re-engage in combat crit kill the thing in one hit and i'm like god was that so hard no come on look at this other thing <laughs> and, and they're and uh, one of them stops me and is like that's bad you shouldn't do that you shouldn't wander off and like makes me focus for a second i'm like okay and then the battle mage is like, all right, we're done with that. Now, what's the interesting thing that you found? And I'm like, what's the what now? Oh, that's good. <laughs> They're like, you, you found something interesting. And I'm like, did I? That doesn't sound like me. And then I wandered off again. <laughs> that's funny. I know in 5e there is um, optional charts for you to roll for, like, you know, flaws and quirks and stuff, mm-hmm. too, for character development. Uh, they're optional yeah. simply because of the fact, you know, some people might not want to roll that play, roll play that kind of stuff or they want to come sure. with their own. I think it's really cool, honestly, because there are times where – you know, if I'm running the game, or not running a game, if I'm uh, joining a game with somebody and they say, mm-hmm. all right, make your character, stay within, like, these guidelines, you know, stick to these books, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. And I'm like, if I can't figure out what I want to play, um, I'm just going to roll and let the dice determine what I play. I've done sure. that on multiple occasions, and that's some of the most fun I've had, like, playing a character sometimes. Like, I played oh, a, yeah. another Halfling Rogue by coincidence, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, like, because I chose. It was just what the rules were. Um, mm-hmm. It was an Arcane Trickster and I forget what his flaws were, but one of his flaws was, you know, he can't keep his hands off of things, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so he always wants to see all shiny, uh, shiny stuff. So I got my characters into some shit because, oh, sure. like, we were in, like, you know, there was this magic gauntlet we had to get, and they are like, let's not touch that. It looks evil. And I'm like, yeah, but shiny. So I fucking <laughs> grabbed it, and we had a lot of fights after that. And they are like, why'd you do that? And I was like... Because Bengals likes to see shiny was- things and takes them and put it in his bag. And they were just like, can you not have that be part of your quirks? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, no. <laughs> like, this has added a whole slew of fun to the game. And, like, you know, some people get kind of mad about that stuff, but others find it, like, mm-hmm. hilarious in storytelling. And oh, for sure. playing in character and, and, like, playing true to those quirks and flaws is mm-hmm. great. Uh, for example, uh, Tack McNuckles in our podcast mm-hmm. He has gone through some shit. He started the game as a happy-go-lucky person. He now mm-hmm. has an evil artifact, and when he uses it, it, when he uses it, it drops his alignment twice, or he drops his alignment once. Sure. And he's playing it great. He used to be like, um, like a neutral good person, and like want to mm-hmm. save people, do what he can. You know, he's not lawful. He's not you know chaotic good. But I mean, like he's just a, a genuine good person. Wants to help people. His alignment dropped to just neutral. And mm-hmm. there's not that big of a difference between neutral good and neutral, but mm-hmm. you can tell like he is oh, yeah. now not like the minuscule things he would do to like, you know, maybe help a kid get his balloon. He's just like, whatever, like, or, uh, you know, help somebody cross the street. Like he's not in spite mm-hmm. saying no, he just kind of, 
doesn't care. And I'm like, you're playing that perfect. Like you're doing really good at just playing that subtle difference, like in character, Mm -hmm. like motivation and flaw. And there's more stuff about, there's more like deep stuff that happens. Like, Within these last couple episodes for like character motivation flaws and like role play, not gonna reveal it now because I think this episode is gonna air um, a little before um, our season finale, so I don't want to like put any spoilers out there for anybody. Oh, sure. uh, but you know, there, there's it's it's really cool to see my players go through this kind of stuff. I will say, uh, our player Nomo, who plays uh, or no Greg, who plays Nomo Sensual, he is a dwarven uh, monk. Uh, th- about a third, maybe like ten episodes in, not even a third, like ten episodes in. Uh, he was basically a kid and like, he didn't, he, he's never adventured. He's never been in any of the combat. He's mm-hmm. never, I mean, he's been in combat, but he's never like had to do some of the dark stuff he's been doing. He had a personality break. Like he just went fucking crazy. Not in, like a sociopathic way, but he had mm-hmm. like a split personality. So like in certain situations that split personality comes out and he uses, oh, a, completely, he uses a completely different voice. So mm-hmm. his regular voice, I can't do it. He talks like uh, it's a mixture of like stitch from Lilo and stitch and like a gremlin okay so i was like i talk like this all the time like that kind of stuff because he got abused okay. as a child so like he's got mess of vocal cords and like all sure. this kind of stuff when his alter ego he calls quote him comes out mm-hmm. him is he talks <clears throat> i'm him i'm the most protector i come out when he's in danger and i keep him safe so whenever oh, he encounters awesome. bad shit him comes mm-hmm. out and protects him and i'm like that's fucking cool and then it got even deeper and he did this mainly for comedic effect, but I thought it was a mm-hmm. really good idea. Um, when Nomo was out again, him came out because he was in some danger. Um, mm-hmm. Him got hit in the head with a rock really fucking hard during combat. He got knocked out, he got back up, and there was a third personality, which is like the dumb personality. So like when he gets <laughs> knocked, shit. when he gets like knocked out or something crazy happens, he gets hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. Like it rocks his brain, and he, his name is K Dog, aka Kyle. And he goes, "Hey guys, what's going on? Like I don't know how I got here, but I'm totally here to fuck <laughs> some shit up." And I'm like, "That's hilarious." And like me and him talked about it like in private, and he's like, "Can I do that?" I'm like, "Dude, do it, but don't tell the guys you're gonna do it until it happens." So oh, we yeah. were playing the game. And some boulders fell on them because they completely missed a tripwire. It caused like some boulders mm-hmm. to fall down. And I say, Nomo, one hits you in the head really, really hard. And he looks at me and he, he puts his head down and he's just like, oh mm-hmm. God. And the guys looked at me and they were just like, what does that mean? And he put his head <laughs> up and he goes, whoa, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, ha. and they looked and they were like, they were like, no, please God, no. And they were like, who oh, are you? No. And he's like, my name's K-Dog, dude. And he just like, <laughs> completely went off like for like an entire episode like that and eventually he took a long rest woke up and Nomo was back and Nomo had no recollection of what happened so there's oh, wow. times where like he'll split between these characters and mm-hmm. come back through and be like I don't even know how I got here and I'm like Jesus Christ <laughs> oh that's awesome oh yeah so that you know it, it, the, the progression I've seen with character flaws and traits and like role playing mm-hmm. through our podcast has been great. And not even just my podcast, just like other games I've played. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's phenomenal to see it. It, it. it, like I said, it separates it from, it, you know, D and D and other, you know, tabletop RPGs just separate themselves from other games in that mm-hmm. way. Like you just can't, you can't get that with other shit. You just can't. Sure. No. And, and one thing I was going to recommend to you, by the way, so um, since you do love doing the, you know, cooperative building and cooperative uh, story and kind of letting your players, you know, their background play an important part, you should look into the fate system at some point. So that's kind of what it's all built around. 
like literally uh, the first session is like you help build the city and the world that you're playing in. Like the players and GM work together. Oh, okay. And, so it's not just the GM or DM making the world itself. Like the players are actually yeah. assisting in that. Okay, like, like, that's like cool. It, like it encourages of like, because so one of the big things in Fate is there's what's called aspects. And aspects can be called upon for positive or negative reasons. Well, when you're making a character, you set up your backstory and basically you have like five sections of your backstory and every one of those, you have to have an aspect that comes from it that can be a positive or negative thing. And then during the game, like, you know, you, so uh, you have what are called fate points that let you like re-roll or add a bonus or something like that. And so you can call on an aspect to do that. Or the GM can call on one of your aspects to make you like worse because, you know, it has to do with your backstory. Hmm. I um, might have to look into that. That sounds really cool, actually. Yeah. So like the the Dresden game we were playing, I, I was a uh, wizard who basically got got um, involved with the the fae, the fairies, the winter court of the, the fairies. And they like all of my memories gone. And so I'm like, I know they're involved, but I don't know how. And so one of my uh, aspects was checkered memory. And so there are times where like something happens and I'm like, I should know that. And my friend's like, but or my GM would be like, but do you? And I'm like, damn it. Maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Especially like if the hard, one of the hardest thing about role, maybe not hardest, but like a, uh, mm-hmm. a difficult thing with role playing is when you as a person knows information, but your character doesn't, <laughs> you just, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. And you're like, fuck, I have to let this play out. Like I just have to. Oh no. Yeah. I am very good at, at setting that apart. But in this game in particular, I personally like didn't know what I had given them, like what the deal was with my lost memory, because I wanted to find out when my character did so that okay. I could play that better. That's cool. Um, one thing that's going on with our campaign that just happened in last mm-hmm. week's episode leading into this week's episode. So I might, I'm actually going to go into some minor spoilers for this week's episode that's releasing. So if you're listening right now, guys, um, if you don't want to hear, I know we're, we're getting to the end of this episode of Kendra Conversations. So uh, you listen to most of this. So thank you. Uh, I would pause <laughs> right here and stop. And so you listen to the rest of today's episode that I'm releasing, or this week's, this week's episode. Um, one of our players, Pate, he has had a lot of family, like turmoil and issues and stuff. And mm-hmm. something that happened was he met up with uh, Tack, who is our known player, his parents. His mm-hmm. parents are a part of the cult of Vecna that they're fighting right now. But his parents are only a part of it because they were forced into it when Tack was a child. They gave Tack mm-hmm. up for adoption because they didn't want to be part of the cult. Uh, they found all this kind of stuff out. Pate ended up meeting up with them. Like, you know, found them. Like, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff happened, long story short. Found them in an alley, and they had information for them to help, you know, defeat the cult. This and this and this. Mm-hmm. Pate felt bad for them because they're in the cult against their will. All this kind of stuff. So he told them, and the coolest part about this is, Ian doesn't know this, but I had this predetermined already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you about his parents getting kidnapped by the cult. Mm-hmm. Before they got kidnapped, he told his parents, he's like, here, take this this officer's emblem of mine, keep it in your pocket, go to my house. He gave them their address and said, go to my house, show this to my dad. They'll give you, you know, safety till now that we don't have to go back to the cult. And they were like, okay, cool. Thank you. And they ran off. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. Ian doesn't know that his parents are getting kidnapped by the cult. So right. he shows up at the house and he sees this dagger in the door that says, we have your family. He's mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, is this my fault or did this already happen? And me right, as right. a player, I already knew. And he's like, is this, he's like, did that already happen? Or is like, is it my fault? Like, like what happened? And I'm like, you know what? 
I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to yeah, let gonna you, <laughs> I'm going to let you sit with that for the next like couple hours until you find out. And he was just like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. He was so like, just like demoralized after that. I could see it in his face. Mm-hmm. And that's where we ended the episode when he read that note and it was just a big cliffhanger. And the episode oh, after no. that, which is going to be this week's episode. So again, spoilers, mm-hmm. if you're listening, um, or if you listen to the episode already, go ahead and, you know, listen to this, you know, as much as you want. Um, spoilers. They eventually make it to the cultist lair. They walk into the lair with the BBEG. They look behind him and they see very scared and holding the knives like in their hands, like shaking almost like worried. They have the knives to his family's throats on the ground. Oh, shit. And he was just like, oh, my God, I fucking did this. <laughs> and I was like, that's where I need this week's episode. And he just looked at me and then he got not like pissed but mm-hmm. I could tell he was at that point with his character where he was just felt for his family because he looked at Cameron, mm-hmm. who's placed Tack, and those are his parents. Mm-hmm. And he looked at him and he goes, dude, what the fuck? And Cameron looks at me. He's like, I didn't do it. He's like, that's your fuck. And like the episode ended. Like it was over. I stopped recording oh, at that point. Wow. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, those are your fucking parents, dude. And like, he and Cameron's just like, I didn't control them. Like you told them to go to your house. <laughs> and he was like, is this my fault? Are they doing this like willingly? Are they being forced to this and this and this? And I'm like, I don't know. You got to wait till we record next episode to find out. And he's like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> Oh dude. Like, that's why like, I'm super excited to release the next couple episodes. Cause people are just going to like flip when they hear mm-hmm. like the shit that I wrote and everything that went like, you know, about it and to sure. see like my players react the way they did to these dark scenes and dark situations. I put them in is mm-hmm. great because I finally, it's kind of like a test to see how, bought in are they to their characters how much mm-hmm. have they bought in over the last 40 episodes to their characters what they've been doing and at that moment i knew that ian at least playing paid asher had fully bought into Peyton and his character because even oh, after sure. we stopped recording he looked at cameron and was just like what the fuck i'm gonna kill your fucking parents dude <laughs> and it wasn't on camera or it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't on audio he's like i'm gonna oh, kill wow. him dude he's like, i'm gonna fucking kill him like they have my family to the throats <laughs> and i'm like you know I'm not recording, right? He's like, no, I know you're not recording. I'm just telling Cameron when I kill his fucking parents, yeah, they're going to die. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. This is this, It was so satisfying for me as a DM because mm-hmm. I was like, I, mu- I did something right. Like I, I set a scenario where somebody got physically ill as a person of what was going on because they didn't want to mm-hmm. fail. And I'm like, that's it. I did it. I'm happy. I can die a happy man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So... Yeah. Any other uh, D uh, D stories or tabletop stories you want to tell? Uh, I was just trying to think if I had any others. Um, I, I will share one more. Just yeah, just yeah go ahead. Another, yep. Talking about talking about trying to play in character and kind of you know I guess like giving tips or whatever I guess to to help stay in character. So one of the things I always try to do too is play based on my stats. So yep. we were playing a monster game. Uh, this was fourth edition. Uh, we were playing. You know, we were all monsters. And so, like, we had a, like, a kobold uh, wizard and, you know, stuff like that. Well, I was playing a minotaur barbarian. And uh, since he was a barbarian, intelligence was his dump stat. Yep. And, but he had good charisma. So, I spent this game, like, there was a point where we had to go through an underground area. And it was, you know, basically a maze. And I was like, you know, oh, 
I know Maze. Well, sorry, the the character's voice because he was a Minotaur was like, "Oh, guys, I know Maze is really well. Follow me." And everybody was convinced I knew where we were going. Oh and I no! Had no idea where we were going or what was happening or anything. I just kept arbitrarily making decisions. Yep. And like everybody at the table is like in person hating me because I'm just getting us more and more lost. But in character, like, man, he really knows his way around. Yep. This, this uh, maze must be tough. I, I fucking love these games, dude. <laughs> like, you can't get this shit with other games. You just can't. Like, in a, D- mm-hmm. in, in a video game, you know the meta. In a board game, you know the meta. Like, you, you right. know it. In D&D, uh, Pathfinder, you know, other RPGs, like, you don't, you're, no. It, it's just no. different. <laughs> There's something about this game. You just can't. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's the one game where, like, out of character, you're like, we're so fucked. But in character, you're like, we're doing great. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys, this is, we're having fun. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of people, uh, you know, they assume to use intelligence as your dump stat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's intelligence. I don't need it. But I'm like, well, if you mm-hmm. play in character according to your stats, you're going to do mm-hmm. a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> like oh yeah they're like yeah you know that's fair so um you know a lot of people use intelligence as a dump stat uh for Mm -hmm. a lot of class unless you're a spellcaster like you know you're you're using intelligence as a dump stat me on the other hand i'm like i don't know about that i want to have at least a little bit of intelligence i want to make some smart decisions you know sure um but yeah that's good i I love to use either intelligence or charisma because that makes it more interesting for me to have to play that character yeah oh do i i love playing very charismatic characters like i love it bards are my shit i uh what was the one there was one time i was playing a I think he was a wizard and it was he had high intelligence but low charisma boy that was that's fun because you just play him as a snooty dick pretty much yeah absolutely that was like the um for the video i just recorded actually with the uh mm-hmm. the, the group of kids i was talking about i played thargan the bard and naturally as mm-hmm. a bard i'm like i'm dumping everything in a dex and charisma oh like, sure everything so he was just like persuasive as shit. So that entire mm-hmm. combat scenario I did, like we, we got into combat initially and it was like 12 hobgoblins versus me and, and a rogue. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, we're like level six and hobgoblins aren't that dangerous, but 12 mm-hmm. versus two isn't exactly a good scenario. The rogue was like, sure. oh, we can take him. Let's kill. And I'm like, that's, I don't know about that, man. Let me do some, uh, <laughs> let me do some, some fun. Let me, let me try some stuff here. So we infiltrated this castle, um, and the hobgoblins mm-hmm. initially thought we were on their side. But we had to kill them, but you know, we weren't exactly in the position to do it. So I was like, I'm gonna pull up my loot. And the DM was like, all right, what you doing? I'm like, I'm going to play some really bumping music and try to get these guys dancing and partying because they were, mm-hmm. uh, the hobgoblins were, uh, prepping and getting ready to go to bed and kind of like celebrating a um a raid they were gonna have tomorrow. They were gonna go to a village oh, and like nice. burn it down and kill humans. So the night before they were like drinking and like you know, like eating and preparing and stuff. And I was like, excuse me, everybody, I'm gonna be playing some music for everyone to listen to and enjoy with their food. And he was like, all right, roll a performance. And I got like a twelve, but mm-hmm. because of me being a bard and what my stats were, I got like a plus eleven to performance. And I was like twenty three. <laughs> And he's like, Jesus, what'd you roll? And I was like, an 11. And he's like, what do you get? I'm like, plus 12. And he's like, oh, fuck. These hobgoblins get up and they start grooving to the music. And I kept on convincing them more and more and more. And eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to play some, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of, I'm going to drop my tuning a little bit and start playing some, you know, a little deeper, heavier music. And he's like, all right. And I rolled really high on it again. He's like, 
all right, they're still having fun with it, but they kind of stop dancing and like look really confused. They they kind of like they're moving the music a little bit still, but they're just like, what are they? Uh, <laughs> like, what do you? Why'd you stop? Why'd you change the music? Why? What? What happened? Like, it's still good, but what happened? And I look at them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't know what to do when this type of song comes on. I'm like, it's called a mosh pit. You run around in circles and you beat each other up. And I was like, you know what? Actually, I'll make a deal. Beat each other up to this really heavy epic music and see who the strongest out of all of you is. And I'll teach the last person standing how to. I'll teach the last person standing how to play my lute. And he's like, make a goddamn persuasion check and make sure it's good. I'm like, all right, cool. And because I'm a bard, I made sure I was proficient right. in persuasion and performance. And I got like a 19, so I had like a 31 oh, wow. uh, persuasion check. And he was just like, all right. <laughs> they start beating the shit out of each other. And eventually there was what they were all knocked out. There was one hobgoblin mm. left. I walked up to him and started like, you know, fake showing him how to play my loot. And the assassin or the rogue came over, slit his throat, killed him. And he went in and, you know, pulled his dagger out and slit the throats of all the rest that were knocked out on the floor. And mm. eventually the rest of the party came back in after taking care of what they had to. And they opened the door and they see all these hobgoblins on the floor. I'm just like, oh, you guys, uh, you guys took care of it already. <laughs> And the best part about it was, like, after that happened, like, they all looked at mm-hmm. the DM, and they were just like, okay, how come he was able to do that? And uh, Christian was, uh, the DM was just like, I mean, he roleplayed the fuck out of his character. Like, that's that's what right. the bard's gonna do. And that was, like, one of the defining moments when the ki- it, it clicked with those kids. Like, they just knew. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but yeah, oh, we can, we can do other stuff if we're, pre- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. that's awesome. Yep, I did not swing my scimitar a single time that night, because I just did shit like that. <laughs> and that dude, that, that's, I'm telling you, like, roleplaying, like, Mm-hmm. Fucking role playing is the best part about D and D, hands down. So oh, for sure. With that, um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Because uh, we've been going at this for about a little over an hour now, actually. So is there anything else you want to add, story wise, or you, you think you're good? I, th- I think I'm good. Think you're good. So real quick before we do some closing comments and stuff, I uh, just want to say if you're listening to this uh, episode of Cantrip Conversations on like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your favorite podcasting source is. Good for you. We appreciate you. Make sure you give us like a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to. That's awesome. But just so you know, you could have heard this episode a week earlier if you, if you uh, subscribe to the Cantrip Cast on YouTube. Again, that's the Cantrip Cast on YouTube. You can hear all the Cantrip Conversation episodes a week early before we air them if you're a subscriber. So if you like what we're doing, make sure you head over there, click the, the uh, click the subscribe button. We got a bunch of cool, you know, other videos we do. I do homebrew monsters and homebrew classes, uh, D&D story videos. You'll like it a lot. Plus, you get these episodes. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much, Brady, for, you know, coming to join. Uh, yeah, Brady, for coming to join us on this episode of Cancer Conversations. I'm really happy sure. I got to, you know, have somebody a little different on the show rather than, you know, somebody that runs a D&D podcast, somebody that does, you know, the audio drama type stuff that's, you know, immersing themselves in characters. It was really nice to have a conversation with somebody about, you know, just playing a character or building a character, uh, you know, in the, the mindset of it in the theater of the mind aspect. Oh, sure. Anytime. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, plug your information, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you guys got that you want people to follow yeah, you guys so, on. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm a voice actor. Um, you know, if you ever want to hear me, uh, remember to actually update my SoundCloud with stuff that I've done for, you know, like auditions and whatnot. Um, it's soundcloud.com slash dosgear, D-A-S-G-I-E-R. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Brady Hendricks 9 Cool. And, All right. Uh, Thank you make, so much. Make, make sure to listen to the City Within the Walls podcast. Please yes, do. again. So Average Joe Show and City Within the Walls podcast. I'm going to start mm-hmm. listening to City Within the Walls podcast when I wake up and drive to work tomorrow because from what you said, it sounds really interesting, really cool, and I think it's something I would thoroughly enjoy a lot. I think so. <laughs> so. 
All right, guys, thank you so much. Brady, if you want to come back, you're welcome to anytime. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode of We Can't Trip at Indie Podcast and the Cantor Cast. Bye.